Welcome back for episode 38 of Self-Signed Artist. Successful artist-producer teams are all about the personal relationship. In this episode, we're going to get perspectives from both sides of the glass with 3DM and Shaky. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with the one and only Jake Mannix. Hello, hello. Still currently on the other side of the country, from me at least, in LA. Yes. Are you you guys getting anything done out there? Having a good time? Sick of the sun yet? Definitely having a good time. Definitely not sick of the sun. I know I'm jealous. Like it snowed here a little bit yesterday when the forecast said it was sunny and clear, like at the time that it was snowing. I looked at my phone, (laughs) it said it was sunny and clear. Looked outside, it was cloudy and snowing. So definitely jealous of that. Yeah, the worst we've got is a little bit of overcast. That was about it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're able to be out there and getting a change of scenery to boost your creativity and stuff. And I mean, it's crazy too how we can be like 3,000 miles away and still record the podcast episode and it's literally like exactly the same as normal. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty sick. (laughs) Um, So for our episode today, speaking of long distance collaborations, our two guests today are a great example of how finding the right person to work with trumps everything else and makes the distance really irrelevant. Um, They're separated by... A four and a half hour drive, according to Google Maps, at least when I looked it up. And even though they live in the same state, the fastest route between them crosses through two other states, also according to Google Maps. But because of how well they work together creatively, they're able to make that work. And hopefully in this episode, we'll be able to find out how. So we want to welcome to the podcast, artist-producer duo, 3DM and Shiggy. Yo, 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 what's good? Yes, sir. How we doing, guys? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for being here. We're doing well, of course. Appreciate you guys having us. So, of course, in this episode, we want to talk to you guys about your work together. But before we dive into all of that, can you each give us a little bit of your personal background, like how you started making music before you met each other? Maybe let's start with 3DM. So I basically started at 17. It was just on some, you feel me, I think I could do it shit. Before I realized that there was such a thing called a producer, I thought the artist did everything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, bro, just started off literally just going in there, recording, came out with my first tape. It was like a little ransom money tape. It was I don't even know where that's at. I'm pretty sure somebody could find it, but I, I don't know where it's <laughs> at. But, yeah, that was it really, bro. Put out the tape, and then... I met my friend named uh, Izzy, you know what I'm saying? And we were rocking for a while. And then I met Shiggy not too long after that. And then ever since we clicked, it was it was lit. Nice. So you guys knew each other pretty early on then in your own musical career? Uh, Maybe not early on. Okay, let's see. So I started at 17. Um, I had just graduated. I graduated high school early. I was like a young dude. I graduated early started not too long after that i was going into a community college it's called kingsborough i don't know if anybody knows of it but 
Yeah, I went to Kingsboro, and I was really just kind of fooling around with music from then. After I finished with Kingsboro, I went to Kingsboro for like a year, a little longer than a year. After that, I went to Oneonta, and that's where I met Shiggy in Oneonta. What was that, like 2012? So I was making music from like 2009, 2010. So sometime after that, that's when I met Shiggy, man. So for so a few years in then, uh, Shiggy, what about you? How'd you uh, get started? I got into drumming very early. I want to say around the age of four or five is when I first got my little Fisher Price two or three piece <laughs> kit, right? So I was a drummer pretty much my whole life, as long as I can remember. And by the time I got into high school is when I started messing around with producing and making beats. I started really listening to hip hop, studying, studying sampling, all that stuff, you know, jazz, soul, and um, ended up pursuing uh, music industry and audio production at SUNY Oneonta. That's right. And that's, that's, that's right. where I met Derek, was, it, was right. in college. <laughs> we uh, want to say the first or whatever the first or second day of classes, we had an audio production class together. And that was how we met. But we didn't, we met, but we, we didn't start working then. I want to say we went almost a full year after meeting each other, just, you know, seeing each other in classes, just, we were in the same audio group, you know, we'd see each other in passing, everything like that, but I didn't even know he made music like that. He probably didn't even know I made music yeah, like that. Know, yeah, so by my sophomore year, once we got talking, he found out I made beats. I think we set up just something. He came up to my dorm room one day to just, just check some stuff out. And from there, it was an immediate click. Played him a couple beats. He liked one of them. He started showing me some stuff he does. I was like, oh man, this is right up my alley. This is very refreshing. And it just, it, it clicked like that. And ever since then, it's we've been working hand in hand. However many years it's been, probably what, sure. six, seven years now? It's been a minute. We've known each other? Yeah. Maybe even more. I've been out of school for five years now, so. Yeah. Seven years, eight years. Seven. Nice, yeah. Do you remember what the first song you guys made together was? We put out an EP called The Red IEP back in... Um, April 19th of, of 2014, I remember the exact date, and the second song on that EP was one of the first songs we did. Nice. And it was an immediate click. It, it really was. It was pretty wild how it worked out. Yeah, so you guys have been going strong since then, and now, Shiggy, you're in Syracuse, yep. and 3DM, you're in Brooklyn, correct? Yep. So what is it really that kind of kept you guys working with each other even after you left school and like spread out? Like Most people... I don't know, even if you have like a an artist-producer relationship that works really well, like if you're separated by distance, I don't know, people kind of go off, do their own things. You're both kind of, I'm sure, in areas where there are tons of other people to work with and stuff. So what, what has kind of like kept you guys coming back and working with each other? For me personally, I always felt like, especially when it came to school ending, we had more work to do. It was always like, okay, we we've kind of done some things, but... We have so many more ideas that we want to get out that we haven't been able to do. Like we, we really share, I feel like share the same sonic vision with mm. things, which at least for me personally, I've always, you know, I've, I've had many people over the years that I've worked with that I click with and everything works, but very few people do I ever meet that I have like truly the same vision. Everything I create, I pass on to him. He, he's with it. He gets it. It just works for him. It, it, I don't know. It doesn't always work that way. I guess. For me, it's just, I feel like I found that artist that I could truly bounce my sound off. And it's no matter what I send him or what I come up with, he's he's going to be able to comp. He's going to like it. He's going to work with it. Right. And even if he doesn't at first like it, he's going to do what he can to try and make it work. 
So that's what it is, bro. We just make good shit, bro. Honestly, bro. <laughs> we make good shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? The world needs to hear it, bro. And you know, that's what we're going to do. That's it. Hell yeah. So Shiggy, you do a lot of sampling. Yes. And we've received some questions regarding that topic. So I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit. Love it. How do you go about finding samples that haven't been used yet? Or maybe flipping samples that have been used in a way that's fresh? And is it ever a process to get samples cleared? Um, I'll answer I'll answer the second question first. It is definitely a process to get samples cleared. <laughs> um, Any tips for that process? Study up on publishing and um, just really understand copyright law. And if you are going to sample, know what the hell you're sampling and what it is and you know who's involved with it and what the name of the sample is, who the artist is, what the album is, everything. Just be wary of that because in order to get it cleared, you need all of that information. And the repercussions are awful, <laughs> yep. obviously, as you guys know, <laughs> Yeah. For, for uncleared samples and not handling that ahead of time. And um, for the first one, I'd say I definitely always have, I always have a vision what I'm looking for. When I dig for things, I, I guess there are some people who take the approach, they kind of just, they listen to things and then they hear something and they just get an idea. Usually I try to be a little more calculated when I'm digging or when I'm when I'm going to flip a sample, like I have an idea of the end game. And sometimes it just comes down to finding the right sample for that end game, opposed to just going in and, and looking for something and say, oh, I heard this, this sounds cool, I might try to flip it this way. It's usually like, okay, I have an idea that I'm gonna flip something this way. Now I gotta find that something. That seems like the harder way to do it. <laughs> oh, it's it it is it is it's it's the stubborn way. It's the stubborn way yeah. to do it. <laughs> but I don't know. I have my vision a lot of times with with I have you know something in my head that I want to create, and I gotta find the 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 missing piece of the puzzle. I guess that's really cool. I would have never thought that that would be really a way that you could go about it. Like once you have a vision in your mind for what something could be. How do you go about finding the right thing for that? I don't know. I, I don't work with samples really <laughs> at all. So it's, I don't know, to me, that kind of blows my mind that that's even really possible. You just gotta, I guess you gotta know, you gotta know what you're looking for. Like if I'm looking for something, let's say, for example, I want something super, super soulful and full, you know, strings, vocals, limited drums. Like It's like you, you have to know exactly what you're looking for and then understand, okay, this type of genre is where that's going to be. You know what I mean? Or this type of artist, this type of, this type of sound is, is where that sample is going to be. Now you got to find a catalog of that sound and, and just dig through and see what, see what you can find. It's a pain in the ass, man. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I love it, but it, it takes time and it, ta it takes a lot. You got to have a lot of patience with it, at least for me. That's just my process with it. Well, and, and like you said, it's kind of like a, scary thing if you don't go about it the correct way I, I i feel like a lot of people when it comes to like clearing samples and stuff like that it's sort of like generally accepted that you don't need to clear a sample if you've processed it and changed it to the point where it's completely unrecognizable but i always like caution people on that even so because like unrecognizable is sort of a tricky thing to define and i've heard so many stories of people who didn't clear a sample thought they changed it enough and then an artist will come across it and 
bad things will happen. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on that as far as like changing something to the point where it's unrecognizable? Is that is that ever really a thing that people should be doing, or should it always, always, always be cleared? Um, well, in that case, it's a crapshoot. You know, higher higher risk, higher reward. If if mm. you want to take the risk with something, you you might get more money, but if you end up losing, you're gonna lose it all, obviously. Right. But um. <laughs> I always, I feel like, just try to serve the music. There's times I, I do sit there and I try to flip something to the point you, you don't even know what it is. And other times you, you really do just find a loop and you're like, this is beautiful. I want to work with this. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like you might be limited to how you can put it out or you might be limited to how much money you'd be able to make off it. But I'm doing it for the music. You know what I mean? Right. So I usually, all the legal stuff comes second to me in the sense of, of how I move when creating. That makes a lot of sense. So 3DM, you're from New York City, which is one of the biggest hotspots for music, art, anything creative. How do you feel like that's shaped you as an artist? Beautifully. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's room for every style. And like where I am, it's a melting pot of everything. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm from, it's a lot of Caribbean and West Indian influences. You know, we could go to Flatbush and then it's still going to be West Indian and a whole bunch of just whole bunch of cultures together. So I feel like it just makes sense that it's a breeding ground for just new artists and just new talent and just new sounds. You know what I mean? I feel like we do our thing with our, with our sound and we just push through with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And how how is the community? How is the music community? How would I describe it? You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's just a bunch of clicks together and it's just like there's separate clicks. Every everybody has their own click and everybody has their own group that makes music. And like once something is hot, it's just like I mean, especially where I'm from, like when something is hot, it's just universally accepted. Like I don't know when people do the whole like this is hot like nobody has that conversation to be like this is hot but universally in the hood <laughs> everybody is like yeah this is hot so like i don't know how that comes about like who's the gatekeeper yeah. i don't know man i don't think we have a gatekeeper i just think whatever's hot bro because if it's whack they'll tell you about it for real but <laughs> if it's good like everybody will fuck with it i don't know I mean, obviously, where I'm from, you know, Pop Smoke is from there. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, Pop Smoke. R.I.P. Shout out to Pop, though. You feel me? But, yeah, bro. He really got shit rocking from where I'm from. Like, everybody is, like, confident and, like, they believe that they can do it because we've seen Pop do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's good. I think that influences the community as well. Just seeing, like, somebody who like you may have seen in passing all the time like you know what i'm saying like a regular cat like a regular dude just like me and then you see like where he started and then you see where he got to it's just inspirational man so you like new york city that's a given yes sir have you ever considered moving somewhere else to pursue music like another music hub or even somewhere that isn't a music hub um nah Cause I feel like that's the name of the game. That's like kind of my thing. Like it's like I want to blow up here because you know I just feel like it's good enough to be blown up here. You know what I mean? Why would I go somewhere else to do the same thing that I'm doing here? 
You know mm. what I mean? And I feel like eventually I'll get to that. Like I'll move to a point where it's like I need to change the scenery. But as far as making music goes, I could do that here. Right. And Shiggy, you're hours outside of New York City. And that is correct. Have you ever considered maybe moving to a music hub? Yes. I'm I'm in the process now of figuring that out mm. actually. It's in motion. Mm. Unfortunately, COVID messed all that up. <laughs> yeah, but, of course. Like so, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the I'm I'm sitting on the sidelines right now waiting for everything to die down. Can we get a sneak peek of maybe what music hub that will be? No. <laughs> I can't answer that. Not because I don't want to give you the answer, but it changes every few months, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Understandable. It's still in the early early stages, so. So how has Syracuse shaped you as an artist and as a producer? There is a lot of music up here, but there isn't, um, you know, there isn't really an industry. And with that, I feel like it's given me like time and space to just sit back and create what I want to create and just take time to, I guess, grow my sound to what I'd like it to be. There, there ha There's not much, you know, outside influence on what direction I should go in because there isn't really a direction, I guess, that I should go in. It's, it's, I guess, wherever I want to go. That's actually really interesting. I've never even thought about it that way, that sometimes being in like a music hub where there's a ton of stuff going on around you can just like cloud your judgment mm -hmm. and, and sort of takes away from the freedom almost. You don't have the, yeah. the freedom to sit back and like take things your own way because you're there's a, a barrage of other stuff going on that Definitely. you can't really tune out. That's really interesting, actually. Definitely. It's, it's you know, it's a double-edged sword, I guess, you know, less opportunities. For, yeah, for some things. I mean, you also play drums in a band for a country artist, Mike Powell, though, right? Yes, yes. Can you talk a little bit about how that mixes with what you do on the producer side of things and maybe the role that your location plays in that as well? It's definitely, um, it's a light switch, you know, when I'm going to do the band thing, I, I flip the switch and everything musically, I guess, is tailored different to whereas when I'm getting back into producing and working with Derek, I, fl I flip the other switch and it's, I guess, a whole different way of thinking musically, but I've been able to, I guess, draw influences from both. There's things that I can benefit from the live music side with producing and, and being in a studio all the time versus there's things I can benefit from working on hip hop and take that and try to incorporate it in when I'm, when I'm writing with the band, you know, and, and working on things that are more towards the country genre. It's tough sometimes. It, it definitely is tough to, to play both of those roles, but producing a lot definitely overall, no matter what type of music you're working on, you can, you can use that to an advantage. Mm. I'm sure being a drummer has a huge impact on the production side of things. Yes, definitely. Especially with, with making beats, just, just having having history of, of constantly keeping time and understanding that makes it very easy. Right, yeah. And the feel of where to put things. Not that you say keeping time, but a, a lot of the times that doesn't mean being perfectly in time, you know, Very like there's true. that yeah. feel that comes yes, along with it. Exactly. That is super, super important to how a beat feels. And I think that comes across in your guys' music. Like there's definitely a groove to it. Like it doesn't feel 
straight all the time. It, there, there's that feel injected into it. So thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's I guess understanding what you have to do to make you know program drums sound authentic in a mm-hmm. sense. It comes in handy. So working together the way you guys do, not seeing each other for a few months and then like grinding for a few days, does it feel like you guys are always on crunch time, working under pressure, or is there no pressure at all? <laughs> oh, this going to be a fun one Maybe to answer. Maybe both you could answer it. It's good. <laughs> I feel like the the fun thing with working with Derek is we're, we had, you know, we we share the same visit, but we're opposite people in the sense <laughs> in, in many things. I'm very, you know, schedule oriented and this at two o'clock and then four o'clock is going to cover. We're going to switch over to this. And then we got to be home at this time so we can get this amount of sleep. When we wake up the next day, we can start this next song. And and Derek's <laughs> the exact opposite of that. He's, he's, hey, let's take our time and, and we'll see what happens. So, <laughs> so I feel like when he comes up here, I'm stressing the hell out and he's, he's just loving it and enjoying the process. Yeah, bro. I just enjoy being up here, bro. You know, I just enjoy the process, man. At first, I didn't love the process, bro. But I just, you know, I never feel like I'm on crunch time, bro. I just feel like every day is just a new opportunity to get better, man. And you just got to put your best foot forward and just understand that you're trying to make the best thing possible. And when you're trying to do something and you have a, a goal in mind, it's not that easy. You know what I'm saying? There will be hiccups along the way. But I just enjoy just being here, just like being able to just being around, you know, what I love and just that would be my only thing to do for the week is just be around what I love. I just love it, man. No problems out here. How structured is the objective, I guess, when you guys are are getting together to work on something? Is there ever like a deadline or a clear goal in mind or is a lot of the time just getting together, kind of seeing what comes out, looking for that inspiration together and stuff like that? Like how planned out are your sessions? Um, we definitely do have a goal in mind. We kind of have an idea of when we want to put things out and we kind of make music with that in mind. You know what I'm saying? We kind of make music with this sense of, okay, we kind of want it to be out in the winter time, and this is the kind of vibe that we're going to go for mm-hmm. as opposed to something that we want to put out in spring or summer. We kind of just gear our music towards what we what our goal is, you know? Right. And just kind of keeping, yeah, keeping the audience in mind and yeah, what's going to hit at the right time. Especially since we, you know, at most we're able to work maybe one week out of the month usually. So Mm. there definitely is always a goal every time he comes up here, whether it's an amount of songs or like, for example, right now we're working on an EP. It's going to be three songs and we already have one done. So the goal for this week with him up here is to just finish the EP that's it and if we do more excellent but as long as we finish those two we're happy no pressure exactly (laughs) so when he comes up do you guys start from scratch or is it like he has an idea you have an idea you guys collaborate what is that what does that process look like i usually try to have a few beats ready every time he comes up here sometimes i have six or seven little you know four to eight bar loop demos Sometimes I just have one, but I always, at least on my end, try to be prepared with some stuff. So just at least when he does get up here, we have something to immediately dive into. And then while he's up here, a lot of times we'll we'll kind of just start messing around. Something will happen from scratch, but 
we try to have things set up so we're never let down when he's up here. If he does come up here and the creativity isn't flowing, we at least already have things set up and ready to go. What do you mean by that? Like, how do you prepare for that? Like the possibility of coming up, not having inspiration strike when you have this limited amount of time to accomplish something, to get something done that you can then put out. Like, how do you manage that? Keep it from becoming pressure, but ensure that there is going to be something at the end of it. I just, I won't let him come up here unless I, you know what I mean? Unless I have a few things ready. Right. Okay. So if I don't have anything ready, usually it's let's, let's hold off and, mm. and wait till there's at least something there because I don't know, create creativity is weird, man. It'll sometimes it hits you and sometimes you just, you just have those creative blocks out of nowhere and you never know how long they're going to last. At least that's for me. How about you guys? Yeah, how, do, sure. how do you manage yeah, your creative speaking my blocks? language, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I have no idea. 3DM, how about you? How do you deal with your creative, your creative <laughs> blocks? I kind of just like immerse my brain in something else. For instance, like, like I write a lot. And when I feel like I can't write, what I do is like I listen to somebody who I feel like has all the bars. And I just listen to them and hopefully like whatever they're saying i could have been it's like i listen to ready to die all the time sometimes i listen to it with like an intent of enjoying it and sometimes i listen to it with an intent of soaking up words or like soaking up feeling you know what i'm saying and i think part of the game is you're not inspired because you're not feeling something when you feel something you're able to just make it so part of my game is understanding that the feeling that i'm trying to tap into so that i can write you know what i mean so something like that and that's something that you're doing beforehand also before you come out for a session you're you're writing or is that something that you're doing at the sessions when you come up um it depends like this particular time i didn't write at all i probably wrote like eight bars or something and i was just like i'm gonna focus all of my energy when i come up here and keep it organic you know what i mean right but sometimes i just end up feeling it and then i just right right there you know what i'm saying and i don't know i try to keep my brain into it if i write too much i don't want to be into it because then it feels like school mm. but <laughs> you know what i mean but if i can just write when i feel inspired or write when i think something is cool it feels cool to me so it makes me want to do it because it's feeling cool as i'm writing this bar my feeling is coming out like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this feels good to me. So that's how I do it. I feel like it would also be, I, I mean, it might be more difficult to have you guys kind of both writing separately and then have to come together and like make something work out of that. So it almost, it makes sense to kind of hold that off until you're up there to work on something together and not try and like force two different things together where if you've written right. something that doesn't fit with a beat or something, and try and force it that way. So that that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, sometimes, you know, Shiggy may have an idea and he's just like, yo, I got this beat, I got this idea, but I want you to come up here and wait. And, it, and it, the idea really comes through better when we wait and we get together. So we kind of just stack our ideas together and then make some hot shit. <laughs> so music tends to have trends and you guys always have a fresh and consistent sound. So how do you guys stay true to you and how do you deal with the trends? 
do you how do you incorporate them and how do you not get caught up in them fuck the trends <laughs> that's, that's all i can say to that nah but um it's always good to pay attention to trends you know there, there's nothing wrong with paying attention to what's hot and maybe even using it to your advantage to what you're working on next but um at least for me if we're working on a body of work i always have a vision for what it's going to be and no matter what's hot right now or what new comes out or anything it's we're going to see that vision through for what that is correct we try not to let anything else influence what we're doing and we know some some people might not like it but we think it's hot and because we think it's hot we're, we're going to go with it like for instance bro really realistically it's like subway the sandwich store <laughs> you know what i'm saying it may be open all the time <laughs> but it's not every time you feel for a subway sandwich sometimes you want pizza you know what i'm saying sometimes <laughs> you may want wings we are just here we have a consistent sound and we are open for people who want that whenever they want that <laughs> if you want something really else analogy <laughs> you want wings you want turn you want to turn up you want to do some other shit go over there but we are here <laughs> for the vibes you feel me well, I think that's so true because like, I mean, people get so caught up in trends a lot of the time. And, and, and I think it's an interesting topic because like hopping on a trend, it's one of those things that like it can accelerate an artist's career like that happens all the time. But at the same time, like by definition, that success can sort of end up being short lived. And especially as an artist, that's a bad thing because like if you're bouncing from thing to thing all the time, you're changing up what you're doing, you you never create that brand for somebody to attach to. So you talking about like having a consistent sound where you do your thing, you do Subway and that's it. I mean, I mean, that's the that's the best way to go about it. Subway you're, don't I think, switch up and make Subway don't switch up and make wings. They don't yeah, do that. Exactly. They're just gonna make a sandwich and that's that. You leave. Yeah, I think I think like following the trends too much can can almost make finding success harder in some situations because there's also all that other noise like around you that you have to cut through. Cause every I mean, a trend is like everybody jumping on one thing. So there's gonna be a bunch of other people doing the same thing. So if you can find your thing, stick to it, that's the way to to stand out through all of the trends. Is there a strategy that you guys have for kind of staying modern, like keeping a modern sound, but not going with the trends, not following along, but standing out? Honestly, um, I think our music always sounds modern because we're always pushing forward. So I don't think it's a matter of keeping up. It's just a matter of, you know what I'm saying? What is the freshest thing to do? I think people get caught up in trends and they want to make stuff that people are going to gravitate to because maybe that will bring them more attention. In certain instances, it's true. But in most instances, I feel like it's not. I feel like you just end up sounding like the rest unless you do something super extraordinary that someone hasn't done or something new that you will bring to the game. I feel like it's always going to be the same unless you try to do fresh shit, keep it original, keep it you. And I feel like the listener will pick up on that. Like listeners aren't dumb. Like they're going to hear everything and they're going to criticize everything. They're going to analyze everything that you say. So I feel like it's just important to just 
put your best foot forward and just understand like this is me and just make it fresh that's it well and like you guys have a sound that's yours and that's important to be identifiable you know you want somebody to hear you and know it's you right away and that's that's a huge thing for artists i think is just developing that brand where it is you you and your music become the same thing you're you're one thing so i think you hit the nail on the head there that's exactly exactly right hell yeah so i have a i have a quick story about shiggy teaching me a little lesson <laughs> the oh, year God. what could this be it's 2016 <laughs> the setting mississippi may hot and i was doing a mix i think it might have been i feel like it mm, I feel like it might have been the one of the first mixes I did for you guys. It was Love Me. Was it really? I think so. Because I remember you. I remember you did that in Mississippi. Yep. Yeah. So I was mixing. I, I was doing the mix on that, and I put like a tiny, tiny, like little reverb. I mean, I think I think it was tiny. Maybe it was like overkill, but <laughs> a tiny little crash or splash at one point. And he hit me up, and he was like. Hey, take that out. Just like, <laughs> just like super blatant about it, super blunt about it. Just like, yeah, that he didn't like it and just take it out. And that taught me like, I don't always need to put my, my spice on it. I don't always need to put my flavor on it. Like sometimes the song just needs to be mixed and that's that, you know what I mean? And it also taught me that communication is super key. Communication is so key. Well, and just like, yeah, being able to communicate your ideas. I think that idea comes back to what we were just talking about, like having a sound that you know, like you guys have a sound that you know fully, you know what's going to work for it, you know what's not going to work for it. So being able to get that across to somebody, communicate with your team to accomplish that is super important. And when you have a team of people all like working on something and collaborating, a lot of the times I feel like it can be easy to kind of lose that vision overall if you have sort of too many cooks in the kitchen i guess yeah and a bunch of ideas coming in so being able to speak up like that and say like thank you for doing that but this is <laughs> this isn't the direction that we're going in is important you got to know what you want i guess right can't let anything yeah. get in the way of it even even if that means shutting down a, a little extra reverb <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it was fine yeah exactly so lesson for producers don't be afraid to speak up and lessons for younger me, the client isn't always going to like every little thing you do. <laughs> and that's fine. And especially fine if they openly communicate it clearly and honestly. Well, I think, I think communication in like an artist, producer, mixer sort of team is a tricky thing too, just because like music is a hard thing to talk about and like describe. Like if you're hearing something in your head, like you have to be able to get that across to somebody in words, which just yep. like, I don't know, doesn't work half the time. Like there aren't words to describe the way music makes you feel in a lot of cases and stuff like that. So for you guys collaborating or or collaborating with Jake on the mixing side, like how do you manage that? How do you make sure that you can get your ideas across? I think it's definitely, it's gotten better over time. You know, that type of stuff, it takes repetition and working with each other 
over multiple songs and multiple projects to the point where the the machine just starts rolling and everyone pretty much knows what we're going for. It really is, like you said, it, it just comes down to communication. People can really only understand your ideas as best as you explain them. So if you're lacking in that department, <laughs> there's you know there's there's a chance um the outcome isn't going to be exactly what you want it to be. But in terms of um Derek and I's communication, I feel like it's it's pretty natural at this point, right? Less talk and more work. We we kind of yeah, it's pretty regular. <laughs> like there's no there's no filter really. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I think that's very important. There can't be a filter. It has to be just like don't disrespect, but be honest. That will just take you where you need to go and not just with music that's just with everything that's with life honestly like don't disrespect always maintain your respect with someone else but be honest and that's it right yeah i think that's key to like any any working relationship especially like a business sort of relationship you you can't be timid there you can't hold back those ideas because that just gets in the way of the creative process and like a lot of the times people are gonna like jake in that situation it's not like jake was pissed that you're like take the reverb off or anything like that it's just like that's the best thing for the song right that's the best thing for the vision that you're going for you just have to communicate those things in yeah like you said in a respectful way i don't know those are tricky waters to manage sometimes as an artist but i think that's something that a lot of artists and producers and engineers and everybody in music and the world and the country and everywhere needs to hear that you just you need to be able to get those ideas across you can't be shy to say something but the respect is is a key thing in all of that yeah and shiggy does a good job with that shiggy communicates his ideas properly and sometimes with music sometimes you may not be able to communicate your idea most times you're not able to communicate your idea. You kind of know what you want to do, but you don't know how to express it. And mm. I think Shiggy's just, he does very well in that department. I think that's what a real producer does. I think a real producer actually just tries to understand. And Shiggy always tries to understand. And that is the, that's key. How do you guys manage that? Is it like, I don't know, singing parts, like making mouth noises, like like <laughs> sometimes straight gibberish. Sometimes it's just like la 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 <laughs> Just something that can be able to help you communicate your idea. Anything, it works. That's usually the noises I have to make to him when I have a flow <laughs> idea. We were just doing that. I was just having to do that to you last night. Yeah, I think, some <laughs> too. I think it was Post Malone I saw or something like that. And, like, he goes in the booth and he just does straight gibberish. It's just a matter of communicating how you feel. And, like, sometimes you don't have words to go with it. You just have to go with how you feel. And gibberish is just it. It's just like an idea dump, kind of. like. Yeah, we definitely, um, especially with me and him, I don't ever really think about words. when I, You know what I mean? If, when I have a beat, when I'm creating something, and I envision him on it, I don't ever really envision... I don't ever envision the words. It's it's more just the the sound and flow of his voice. And that can be tough sometimes communicating that to him and saying, this is the idea. I know this type of flow, this type of tone and flavor of your voice is going to sound great over this. And then him trying to take that, but then put words to it mm. and being able to create words to it that can still 
consist of that same flow and tone and everything. It's a tricky process. The more we do it, the easier it's become. The more it works, the more you trust each other. And the more someone has an idea, you jump to and you say, okay, let's try it. It worked, you know, last time. I'm, I'm ready to try it again. Right, yeah. So, you, I mean, you guys have that experience. Now you, you've come across something that works. So you have those go-to things that you can do. And you're making it work from a business standpoint. For other artists out there and specifically artist-producer teams, what's the biggest mistake that you see other people making? I feel like a mistake could be, you know, just not staying true to you. I feel like it's obvious when, you know, an artist tries to make a song that's clearly not them. Like you could just know it's not them. And I think that affects how you feel about the record and it it affects how you feel about the person. Because in real life, I would know of a person to be a particular way. Once someone acts or deviates from something that I know of them, it kind of makes me weary of them. I kind of just don't want to talk to them. And that's just in real life. So I would only imagine that it translates to the music. So I think most of the time it's just like, yeah, not staying true to you and just making things that you wouldn't normally make or saying things that you wouldn't normally say. I think that's that's key. That's that's a mistake. I think a lot of people got yes men too. I feel like if something's whack, you could just say it's whack. Like, you don't have to sugarcoat it. I don't know. I think that could be it. Like, just whack shit, man. I, I don't like it. <laughs> so when you're when you're talking about staying true to yourself, that's such a difficult thing as a musician. And, and I think a lot of the times it's easier to see that somebody's not being themselves from the outside. Like, easier to see that than it is to, like, see it in yourself a lot of the times. It comes back to the idea of trends and, like, people jumping on trends because they don't know what else to do, I guess. So I think that's a tough thing to navigate and just takes a lot of self-reflection and assessment of what you're doing and trying to look at it like from an outside perspective. I agree. I think trust is it too. Trust is a very big thing. Like I trust Shiggy, you know what I'm saying? So if Shiggy tells me like, yo, I think this would be better or I think X, Y, Z, I'm going to take it into heavy consideration because he's there. He knows, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think other people like other artists may not trust their producer and vice versa. The producer may not trust their artists because they feel like they aren't getting across their vision properly for whatever it could be. I don't know. It could be behavior or it could just be, you know, just trying new things or just trying to grow. Some artists grow differently as producers I don't know if there's really a clear-cut way to describe that uh, or like a mistake would be, but yeah. Trust the producer. That is, that's a very good one, yeah. as he said. You got to trust the producer. We've had many of times where um, we're working on something and I'll share with him my vision for it. And there's times he's like, nah, that's whack. No, <laughs> like I don't see it. And it's, it's, Derek, trust me. You have to at least try it. And more times than not, we try it and you fall in love with it. You fall in love with it. Per- perfect example of that is um, back in November, we put out a little eight track tape called G-Type. And track number four on that, it's called Do Say and Crown. 
features an awesome artist out of Maryland called Primo Rice. But um, the hook of that song is Chopped and Screwed. And once we had the beat, that was my vision immediately with it. I was like, this has to be Chopped and Screwed. I already know. I already know the sequence of how the, the bars would be chopped up for it to be chopped and screwed, but it has to be chopped and screwed. I know this is the sound for it. And Derek 100% disagreed with me. and didn't <laughs> want to take it that direction at all. And I convinced him to at least try, and I think we spent a whole night just putting the hook together, trying to come up with a phrase and chop it up and, and slow it down. And it worked. And I, that's one of my favorite tracks on that tape. I don't know about you. So like I said, trust the producer. If, if you are a duo out there, and the producer has a vision for you as an artist, at least give him the benefit of the doubt and try it. Well, that's something that you guys arrived at, that trust from working with each other over a long period of time. And I don't know, like right now in the music industry with collaboration and stuff, we're able to do more like long distance, sort of like remote collaboration and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, one of the things I fear with that is that it'll sort of break up the industry into smaller chunks, I guess. So there's going to be maybe less of that long-term collaboration to develop that trust. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what you guys think the future of this type of like long-distance collaboration looks like for the industry as a whole or for you guys. But I mean, with technology and everything, like it's it's more and more possible to do this. Like Like just this week, actually, I did three recording sessions that were completely 100% remote. Like I was engineering the session from one location, remote controlling a Pro Tools rig for a session that was happening in a completely different location. The mics were all set up there and everything. I was by myself in my office. And like having that experience, that's kind of the first time I've really done things that way. And I was sort of blown away by how easy it is. So I'm wondering, do you guys see things headed in that direction, is there something that would work for your workflow together like that? I, I definitely see the future of a lot of things becoming remote, you know, and, and through the internet, especially, especially with how music production is nowadays with things like Splice and, you know, the third party sites for sounds and, and even the sites like Lander and stuff like that. But um, I think as awesome as that is, and it makes everything more accessible and, and faster, you know, it's going to cut down the time on the creation process. There's going to be less organic creations, less, you know, happy accidents, less natural creations going on. As you know, it's like when you're in the same room as someone creating something, it's different than just sending something through email or being over FaceTime. It's a different vibe. It's going to be interesting to, I guess, see what happens with that process and how the how the music trends change because of that too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's funny that like now it's starting to get to the point where things can feel more live and one-on-one, -on -one, like you are in the same room with somebody. I mean, there's obviously a limit to that or it's never gonna be the same as being in a room, but I don't know, it's interesting. I'm interested to see how far that can go and like you said, how that changes music. I think it's it scary. will. It'll change music. I don't know it's how it'll scary change to music. Think about, yeah. But we'll we'll see a difference. I agree. I think genres will change based off of that. Music is community, 
I think it, they're synonymous with one another. Mm. Music and community. I do feel like you can have a community online, which is proven. You know, video games and people connect all different types of ways through the internet. I don't know if music can maintain its flavor. I don't know through how it is through technology or someone as as opposed like your story like you're controlling like a session remotely that's actually dope but i don't know i don't know if i would be able to do it because i like to like mid-session i like asking questions or i like looking at what shiggy's doing on you know logic and just even if i may not understand it just the fact that i've just i'm just looking at it i've seen it before you know what i mean so i don't know that is dope though well, I should clarify a little bit because I think the type of session is important that this was a string quartet session. So oh, it was okay, like, okay, okay, okay. there's not really improvisation or anything like changing on the musical end, like going on in that. Yeah, it's rehearsed and everything. So so maybe there is a limit to that. So you guys mentioned that you're working currently on a three song EP. Is that going to be the next thing coming out for you guys? Or is there anything coming down the pipeline that our audience should be on the lookout for? I'd say we're we're still figuring out our rollout process for this year. We said we were going to take this quarter off and not <laughs> not worry about anything over the first couple months and try to just enjoy the transition of the year. And here you are in a session. Yeah, yeah. Well, the crea- <laughs> the creation process never stops, but yeah. <laughs> but the you know the social media and the, the all that stuff we're trying to yeah. not not worry about right now. We've got some things in the works. I think it's going to be a pretty fun year for both of us and hopefully multiple releases, videos, as well as singles, maybe another full-length project. Mm. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. We're going to see what happens. We're trying to take a very organic approach to it this year. Nice. Well, to our audience, be on the lookout as the year develops, and go check out 3DM and Shiggy on wherever you listen to music. And to both of you, 3DM and Shiggy, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. Walk us through your process, how you guys are working together. And I think you guys are a great example for our listeners for how this sort of artist-producer relationship can really work well and, and make something really unique and have your own sound. So thank you guys for coming on here and talking to us of course thank you for having us thank you man thank you i appreciate it thank you so much this is the first time i've ever done anything like this you guys are really like dope <laughs> just saying yeah thank you very much for coming on it's great to see you guys i, can, I don't know how long it's been since i've seen either of you jake man you, you got life in your face man i'm telling you bro you look good man out there i think cat is <laughs> where you're man. supposed thank to you, be bro you guys are looking good too and i hope i can see you guys sooner than later And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you made it this far in the episode, go ahead and leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts right now, and that will be so amazing of you. Thank you guys for listening. And that's all we've got for you this week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace. Peace. Three, 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 three. (laughs) 